Hey, I just wanted to take a moment to thank you all so much for supporting the show. We get emails almost every week from people who either want to speak with us or who want to connect us with Canadians they know living abroad. We also get great emails from people who just want to let us know that they really enjoy the show. And we want to thank you for listening. If you send me your mailing address at info at expatspodcast.ca, we'll send you one of our postcards with a message of thanks, something you can put on your fridge or share on social media. We appreciate all your attentive ears, and we hope you continue to listen, enjoy, and tell every single person you know that they should listen and enjoy too. And now, on with the show. Curitiba isn't likely the first city that comes to mind when you think of Brazil. Most people think of Rio de Janeiro or Sao Paulo. But the city of Curitiba, which by the way means pine nut land in Portuguese, is home to over 1.8 million people. It's the eighth most populous city in Brazil. Located about two hours inland from the South Atlantic Ocean, Curitiba also isn't necessarily the beach paradise you'd expect of Brazilian cities, as we're about to find out. In the winter, temperatures occasionally dip just below zero, and the summers are mild but warm. And the people of Curitiba, as you're about to find out, are among the most welcoming and gracious in the world. Join me as we visit an expat who picked up her family in Toronto and moved them to South America for an unforgettable experience on the expats. Welcome to the Expats. I'm your host, Adam Rosenhart, based out of Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Sarah Parsons' work world was changing, and when she was offered an opportunity to move to Brazil, she leapt at the chance. Armed with air conditioning and space heating units, Sarah and her family have not looked back. I was working in Toronto uh, with my employer, and they asked if I would consider moving to Brazil. We have an office here. Uh, the city where we live in is Curitiba. And they asked if we would consider moving here for an expat assignment. And so my husband and I decided to take on the adventure. Was was that a tough decision to come to? I mean, I know you've got two kids. So, I, you know, what was the thought process behind all of that? We had wanted a, an expat assignment for some time. It was something my husband and I had talked about. We had agreed that um, if the opportunity was given to me, that we, we would take it. Um, depending on where it was, of course. Um, but also, my company, we knew that the opportunities in Toronto were limited and, and likely our office there would probably close. Our head office in Canada is in Calgary. And so we knew that if I wanted to continue with the company, that uh, we would have to leave Toronto at some point. And so, no offense to Calgary, but we thought, well, if we're going to leave you know, all of our friends and family in Ontario then let's do it for an adventure. And so we actually were you know, given the opportunity to either move to Calgary or to move to Brazil. And we said, well, you know, Calgary will be there. Well, I'm sure we'll be there at some point. 
Um, but let's take on this opportunity right now to move to Brazil. And my husband was at a good point in his career that he could, you know, put it on pause. Um, and our children were very young. They were only two and five at the time. So we decided, you know, why not? Let's let's try this out. And how long ago was, was the decision to move made? How long have you been in Brazil? Uh, we made the decision three years ago. So we were asked in um, June of 2012. We didn't move here, though, until January of 2013. So it's been about two and a half years we've been here. And what was the what was the transition like for you guys, you know, moving all your stuff over, getting settled? Uh, I guess, you know, how different is Brazil from what, what you're used to in Canada? Um, some things are very different and some things are remarkably similar. So um, here in Curitiba or in, in Brazil in general, most people live in apartments and we had a house in Toronto. And so we tried to get into that frame of mind of apartment living. Um, so we packed accordingly for that. But when we got down here, we realized that, you know, what we think of apartment in Toronto is not what an apartment here is like. It's actually here a whole floor, usually of a building or half a floor. So they're quite big. Um, but even then, we ended up uh, moving into a house because we have two young boys and it just became very clear as we were um, looking for a place to live. Every time we were in an apartment, they constantly wanted to go down the elevator to go play outside. And then when we go look at a house, they could just go play in the backyard. So we came here with these grand ideas of, you know, city living, we we're going to live in an apartment. Um, but in the end, we ended up in uh, like a gated community uh, with a home and the gated community that we chose is actually very large. So because that's very different here in Brazil, if you do live in a home, your house is gated. Uh, like the house itself has, you know, a fence around it. And in order for someone to get to your front door, you have to buzz them in. And so, you know, coming from Canada, that's a huge difference, right, where we're used to these open neighborhoods and open front lawns, etc. Um, and so every time we went and looked at these gated communities, there were, you know, one or two streets, they and we just felt very closed, penned in. I like to walk a lot and I, you know, didn't think we would have um, that comfort. So we ended up finding a neighborhood that is very large and it's actually a like an older neighborhood where I think at some point they've just gated it. So we have guards at the, the front, but all the houses still have gates. So that's a little surreal, um, but we've gotten used to it and... Uh, uh, so it's kind of this blending of Brazilian life, but that suburbia kind of Canadian life yeah. uh, that we have found there. Yeah. So, uh, you know, the difference between an apartment and a house in Canada is usually like cost wise pretty significant. Does that is that similar in Brazil or I, I guess my question is, is it easy to find um, relatively affordable accommodations in a, a house in a gated community like where like where you're living? So where we are living, yes, I think in uh, other cities in Brazil, probably not. Um, but where we are living, yes, I think it was for us, you know, the price point was quite, quite similar. Mm -hmm. um, I think most people, though, that I live with here probably have, you know, smaller apartments or homes. It's different coming as an expat versus being uh, being a local. Um, but yeah, the... For us, the big, like the apartments here, comparing that to Toronto, right, where you have, you know, one or two bedrooms. I had an apartment in Toronto for a while and it was just, you know, the small one bedroom. 
um, versus here. You can, it's like it's like a house all on one floor. That's awesome. That sounds cool. Now you're living in a in what's the name of the city again? Curitiba. And it's it's in what part of Brazil is that in? So it's in the south of Brazil. Um, so if you think of Rio and Sao Paulo, it's further south. It's about a, a one hour flight south of Sao Paulo. Um, and it's up in the mountains. And so what people, you know, when you think about Brazil, people think about hot weather, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, what we had in our mind too. But in the winter here in Curitiba, it can actually get quite cool. Um, it actually for a few weeks in the year can even get down to, you know, zero at night. Um, and the, the homes are, are South American homes. They're not built for the cold weather. Mm-hmm. Uh, most homes don't have heating. Uh, and so that has been a huge shock for us. Uh, thankfully, we were warned about that. We were told to bring down like air conditioning units and heating units with us because things like that are very expensive here and not so common. And so we brought those with us. But um, in the winter, especially the first winter we were here, it was quite cool and very, very damp. The humidity here is very high. Um, and so the cold just settles in and it actually settles. I, I could feel it in my bones. Like it just felt cold all the time. And you put your clothes on in the morning and they feel very damp. You go to have a shower in the morning and you can see your breath. Um, and so that was, uh, I think, the hardest, one of the hardest parts for us was to get used to the climate. Because, you know, you come here thinking, I'm moving to Brazil. It's going to be beaches and sun all the time. And it, it's not where we are living. Um, and, you know, everyone would say this, but you're Canadian. You should be used to the cold. And we would say, yes, but we have something called heat inside. <laughs> so we can escape our cold, right? But here, um, often in the wintertime, it, it's even colder inside your home than it can be outside during the day. Uh, because as soon as the sun comes out, it warms up and it's in the you know double digits normally during the day. But because of the construction of the, the buildings, concrete, it just retains the cold and the dampness, uh, which in the summertime can be nice. It's cooler inside your home often than it is outside. But in the winter here, it's quite the opposite. So that's been uh, something different for us to get used to. We have a fireplace. We have a lot of fires going. We have little portable heaters that we um, carry with us throughout the house as we move from room to room. Um, Now, it's summer there right now, is it not? It's spring. So it's just turned to spring. And tell me a little bit about about the warm season. Does it get excruciatingly hot or is it it pretty, pretty temperate? Um, so here in Curitiba, it reminds me of Ontario. So, um, but for much longer time. So last year, I think it started getting really warm around end of September, October, and that continued through April, May. So it's quite a longer period of time, but you're looking at temperatures in the, you know, mid to high twenties in the summer time, you can get high twenties to, you know, low thirties. Um, the last summer was hotter than usual. I think this year we're going to have another hotter than usual summer because our winter was much milder than usual. We actually had quite a few really warm days, like, you know, mid to high twenties during the winter, uh, which is not normal. Um, so yeah. And it was funny moving here. We really wanted a pool. And once we decided we were going to get a house and the real estate agents kept saying to us, oh, no, no, you in Curitiba, no, you don't want a pool. 
you'll have to heat it, right? And we're thinking, we're coming from Canada, where, you know, a lot of, especially in Toronto, in our neighborhood, a lot of people had pools. We didn't, but a lot of people did. And you can't, and you have to use them maybe two, three months of the year without a heater. Otherwise, you need a heater, right? And so that was one thing here. We thought, oh, we should have gotten a pool. We never did. Um, because we, you could use it here like maybe eight months of the year or more. Wow. One of the uh, one of the questions I like to ask most expats is the sort of the little differences uh, between the cultures of uh, the culture of Canada and the culture of the place you're living. You know, the people, that sort of thing. Is there anything that that you've sort of noticed or or had to sort of relearn how to behave uh, living in Curitiba? I think the biggest thing is that um, here. This, it's the social side, right? So, it, well, in South American cultures in general, um, they're very they're very social. Going out for lunch together, um, stopping in the morning and the afternoon at work for a coffee is all part of the culture. Uh, you get invited to um, your coworker's house on the weekend for a barbecue. Um, it's all about that relationship based, right? Whereas. Uh, in Canada, or maybe it's more myself, but I can be more task-based, um, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, let's get to the job, let's get into the office and get the work done so that I can get home and get home to my family, right? And so <clears throat> back in Toronto, I would, you know, go out with friends for lunch maybe once a week and the other times eat at my desk quickly for 20, 30 minutes and then get back to work. Whereas here, Um, you really have to invest in those relationships. You can get a lot further if you have those relationships, right? And so that took me a while to figure that out here. But at the same time, we've really appreciated that. And uh, my husband and I, we can be, you know, somewhat introverted, you know, more private. And so at first that was a little, um, that was a lot for us because when we got here, we were overwhelmed with people that we met either at work or through our children's school, that they they genuinely cared that we were comfortable here. And, and, you know, just strangers you would meet in the supermarket, they would hear you speaking English and they would come and talk to you wanting to know where you were and were giving you their phone number and their email address and saying, you know, if you need anything, just let me know. Wow. And so you realize that they, one, they really want you to... Um, to like their country and to, you know, to be happy here and, and have a positive um, uh, perspective about it. But two, that they just genuinely care about you as a person. And so for us at first, that was a little unnerving to have strangers, just, you know, anything you needed, they were there for you. But now I think that has given us, um, you know, kind of made us take pause and think about our own relationships and, and how maybe we should be investing more time in that and um, we should get out of our comfort zone and, and go to that barbecue where, you know, maybe everyone's speaking Portuguese and, and that's uncomfortable for us because our Portuguese isn't uh, very good. But we should push ourselves out, you know, side of our comfort zone because there's great um, things to benefit from those relationships and and uh, and we've also seen that with our children that through by doing that by pushing ourselves outside of our comfort zone we've had such great experiences met such great people uh, because of that versus just coming here and trying to live in our own cocoon and our you know we could just stay in our house on weekends and and not go beyond that comfort zone but if we did that we wouldn't be making the most of, of this journey. 
for sure. It could be very isolating if you if you chose to do it that way. Now, you mentioned um, Portuguese being a, a bit of a language barrier. Uh, are you guys actively, you know, taking lessons and that sort of thing to learn it? And 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 how are your kids adapting to the new language as well? Yeah. So as soon as we got here, we started both my husband and I with a private tutor, uh, two or three times a week for an hour each. And Portuguese is a really hard language. Um, it's the, a Latin language, and I had studied French for a long time, so. That was a little bit easier for me, but even so, it's a it's a very difficult language. Even the Brazilians will say that it's a very difficult language, and, and many of them say that they don't speak it properly. <laughs> um, and so now we've continued with those lessons once or twice a week, but now we're really focusing with our um, teacher on just what we call survival Portuguese. So. Um, if you look at, you know, Latin languages with verbs and conjugation, there's like, I don't know, eight different tenses or something like that. I'm not quite sure how many. Um, so we've just focused on, okay, what's the, the, the very basic so that we can get people to figure out, you know, what is it that we mean? We've become um, very good at using our translation apps on our, on our phones. Uh, we've become very good at charades. Um, and so we figured it out that, you know, we have enough that we can get by. My husband, uh, he doesn't work while we're down here. And so he's out and about every day and, uh, he, he can go anywhere and he can get people to figure out what he needs. So it, you know, we butcher the language, but <laughs> that's the other thing we've appreciated is that people here, they just love that you're trying, right? So one, it's amazing that you can speak English because a lot of people wish that they could speak English. Um, and, but two, that you're trying to speak their language. So it's not like you think in North America, if someone doesn't speak very good English, we kind of get frustrated with them, right? Here, I very rarely have come across that. People just love that you're trying to speak their language and they will go out of their way to, um, make sure that, you know, we we find a way to communicate. So if, you know, we give them our, our translation app on our phone, they'll type away, uh, they'll play charades, they'll draw with us. So whatever they need to do to help us, then they will do that. That's terrific. How is the transition from, from working life to, you mentioned in your email to me, stay-at-home dad for your husband. How has that been for him? So it's been really good. We both agreed that it was an experiment. He, you know, he said, you know, when we, we would talk about getting an expat, he had said he'd be more than willing to try that. Uh, to quit his career and to see, you know, how that goes. But we went into it, you know, realistically that, you know, this was an experiment and that if, you know, at any point he wasn't happy, then, you know, we would we would try to back out of the expat and, and go home if we needed to. But since day one, um, it, it's it's gone really well. I think the biggest thing, though, is because of his mindset. So, he is open to, one, being different. So, you know, Back home, being a stay-at-home dad, thankfully, is becoming more normal, but it still isn't the norm. And when we announced to friends and family that we were moving down here, there's a lot of, but what, what's Luke going to do? And when he would say, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to stay home and I'm going to take care of the family, uh, not everybody really bought that or, you know, were quite concerned about whether or not he would be okay doing that. But he's come into it with an open mindset. And then you get down here and that is very uh, 
the opposite of the norm <laughs> down here. Um, mo um, most mothers here work, so working mothers is very common, uh, but they are still responsible for the home front. But the, many of them have help at home. So services here are, are uh, inexpensive, especially compared to North America. Mm -hmm. So most people have uh, a maid Monday through Friday, who's also their nanny. Um, and But it's the wife's job to you know set all of that up and make sure that the home front is operating well. So uh, to have the dad doing that is uh, unusual. So we get a lot of... Um, kind of what, you know, when they find out that I'm the one who's working and he's the one at home. Uh, even with this, the school with the other moms, sometimes, you know, everything comes to me and I have to tell to them, no, 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 you need to speak to my husband. He's the one that arranges my, my boy's schedules. And so that's a little unnormal. Um, but for my husband, it doesn't face him. He's okay with that. And then also just the mindset of he's willing to get out there and go about and he doesn't care that he doesn't speak the language perfectly and that people don't always understand what it is that he's trying to to get across. He doesn't care what they think, right? Yeah. So he doesn't let that hold him back. Um, so I think for us, it's been a, a really great, for the family, it's been a really great experience because I've been able to focus more about work, but work-life balance is better for me here because when I come home, everything at home is taken care of versus back in Canada with both of us working and trying to manage two children and, and, and a you know a household and everything that goes with that. Uh, it was a lot versus here, life is um, more balanced. And, you know, we have someone who helps us out at the house twice a week with the cleaning and stuff. So he doesn't have to do that. So his life is a little bit more relaxed. He just has to worry about the boys with their homework and school and stuff. Uh, he golfs once or twice a week. Um, and so for him, life is very good. He is living the dream. That sounds fantastic. Um, you know, yeah. we, we've talked a little bit about the language. We've talked a little bit about how warm the Brazilian people are. What, um, how do they regard uh, Canadians in Canada? What do they think of us? They love us. Um, so Brazilians in general love North America. Uh, they they really, you know, you talk about the American dream. They really see that when they think about um, the United States and Canada. Um, at work, uh, they know Canada well because we have offices there. Um, but it, it's quite funny. People will say to me, oh, I love Canada. I love Toronto and Montreal and, and Vancouver. And I will laugh and say, well, I, I know Toronto and Montreal, but I don't know Vancouver uh, or Calgary. I've been like once for three days for work. And so they'll laugh at me about how, you know, they know Canada and the United States better than I do. <laughs> they love to when, you know, anytime that they can travel, they love to travel to North America. Uh, versus the joke here is that Sarah knows Brazil better than any Brazilians because we've been trying to make the most of the time that we have here and see as much of the country as possible. Um, so because we know that our time here is, you know, it's finite. So we we're trying to make the most of it. Uh, whereas when they have that free time, that vacation, they want to get out of Brazil and they, they want to go to North America and they, they love going to Canada and they have such um, positive thoughts about Canadians. Is there, is there anything that you've, you and your family have sort of missed over the last three years about Canada? Obviously, you know, family. Um, but, you know, Canada specifically, sometimes it's just food. It's just 
silly things like, you know, poutine that maybe I would eat once a year. Um, but you know, you can't, you can't get here. It's just, you know, things like, um, well, I have to say maple syrup and peanut butter, it, you can get here, but very, very expensive. Mm -hmm. Uh, so we often, uh, hide it away in our suitcase whenever we visit home or we know somebody who's coming, we have them bring it to us. Um, because we, those are the two things that we absolutely love. But the funny thing about syrup is that when we were in Canada, I, I can't think of too many times that I actually splurged on real maple syrup. <laughs> Often we would have, you know, not the not real stuff. Yeah. Whereas here, that's something that, you know, we have, we always have, we make sure we have it because that reminds us of home. How, how much time are you guys going to be spending in Brazil then? There's an approximate. So we believe we'll be here until about mid next year, um, give or take. But we also thought we were going to be leaving uh, mid this year and then plans changed. They asked us to stay another year. So it's kind of unknown. We think we have less than a year, but we'll see how it goes. And do you think, are you guys craving other expat experiences now? Yeah, it has opened our eyes. Um, there's there's lot to be gained by it. We know that we can't go home. Um, so my job no longer exists in Toronto. So if we went back to Canada, uh, we would go to Calgary. And so if, you know, all of our family is in Ontario. So our kind of mindset is we've proven that we can do this. We came to Brazil completely sight unseen. Uh, and it's been absolutely more than than we thought it would be it's been a great experience for our children um and it's been a great experience for us uh, my husband and i and so it's opened our eyes to you know we we could we could take on another expat obviously it depends on you know where i wouldn't want to go uh, much further than we currently are i think that's the hardest part is being so far from uh, my parents and, and my husband's parents especially with young children um, so I would like to be, you know, back in North America, I think for this next assignment, but that doesn't mean we wouldn't entertain other offers. You know, they say you should look before you leap, but judging from Sarah's experiences and the experiences of other expats I've talked to on the show, sometimes just a quick glance is all you need. Thank you for listening to this episode of the expats. If there are any expats you think I should be speaking with, have them email me at info at expatspodcast.ca or send me an email yourself. And let's keep building this global network of Canadians living abroad. You can find the expats on Twitter at expatspodcast and search for us on Facebook. I've been your host, Adam Rosenhart. If you like this episode, do us a big favor and leave us a review on iTunes. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch up again in a couple of weeks. Bye.